the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Portions of the Arthur Idala Power Hour, sponsored by Hempleaf. We won't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. Portions of this program are pre-recorded. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Throughout the New York metropolitan area, this Brooklyn voice you're hearing right now is not that of Arthur Idala, who you'd normally hear at this six o'clock time slot. He's uh, got a needed break today. The voice you're hearing is that of Steve Levy. I'm the former New York State Assemblyman, former New York uh, Suffolk County, Long Island County Executive, presently the Executive Director of the Center for Cost Effective Government Think Tank. And I am honored for the second time to be back here. They actually invited me back, Alex and Matt. With me in the studio, Matt the Engineer, Alex uh, holding up the fort as well. And we want you to join us as well, ladies and gentlemen in the audience. If you want to call in and comment on some of the outrageous stuff we'll talk about this afternoon, please do. It's 877-970-2999. That's 877-970, just like 970 the answer. Twenty nine ninety nine. So we're going to get into a whole bunch of stuff uh, that might make you happy, sad, angry, agreeing with us, whatever. But we want your input. and It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, I had said, Matt and Alex, that, you know, so part of my background was being a New York State Assembly member. And I pay particular attention to what's going on in Albany because it affects us throughout the whole state. Well, you live and, and breathe politics, you right? You got it. Love this stuff. And someone has to be a watchdog in these guys. And I see, I, I've seen how the sausage is made. And let me tell you, it's ugly. But uh, <laughs> they are right now in the process of finalizing this state budget uh, between the governor, the assembly, and the Senate. And what we're getting dribs and drabs. But it may be finalized the end of this week, early next week. But here are some of the things that are coming out. I'll give you my view, and I want to get your take as well. And you too, ladies and gentlemen in the audience. Here's some of the good stuff that's coming out. Number one, from a Long Islander's perspective, the legislature's gotten the governor to drop the housing proposal that is rather uh, unique in that it would supersede local zoning. She wanted to give the state laudably 
the um, ability to build 800,000 more housing units. We want that. There's an affordable housing crisis in the state for many reasons. Some of it is lack of supply. And her idea is, well, in the suburbs, we're going to force these town council members and county folks to put up or shut up with the higher density. And if they don't, for the first time ever, we in the state are going to come down and tell you, you must build more density. And it's got the people freaking who control zoning because they say, look, you want to give us more money and incentives to increase density and to build more stuff. That's fine. But don't start telling us from above that we have to take our leafy suburbs and now turn them into a far more densely populated urban area. That's why so many of us moved to the suburbs in the first instance. I know, Matt, I don't know if, you, I don't know if you're still out there on Long Island, but I know no. you've been there. You were there for a while, and so were you, Alex. I, I'm a former Amityville resident. Um, I am back in Brooklyn now, though, where I've been born and raised. Okay. Uh, but, yes, most people who are in the suburbs, they want to get away from the busy hustle and the bustle, the densely populations. Yes, do we need to do something about the homeless on the streets? Absolutely. The, there's a, definitely a mental illness problem. There's a concern. Uh, a lot of it's also been scaring away workers who are back to maybe a hybrid schedule. Mm-hmm. They're working remotely now. And as you can see, those effects, they trickle down because now we're in this commercial real estate issue right now where we can't fill up these buildings anymore. Right. And, and I think the governor was well-intentioned. And again, this is Steve Levy, former county executive in Suffolk. So I come from the perspective of a Long Islander and also someone who was in the state legislature. We want more affordable housing. But the thought of the state now for the first time saying, we're going to control zoning. So if you guys want to have this area as residential, this area as industrial, this area as one acre zoning or multifamily, you, we will usurp that authority from you in certain instances. And the fear that Long Islanders and those in Westchester and elsewhere in the suburbs have is that once you open that door, the suburbs are history. And in fact, you know, um, President Trump came in and reversed a formal order by President Obama, which was really worrisome, where uh, their Justice Department and their housing departments are going to come in and say, if you don't have enough housing, we're going to force you as well on the federal level, claiming it's discriminatory from a racial perspective. And sometimes it might be, but just because you have a situation like in Westchester several years ago where you had not exactly proportional to the population at large, you can't automatically say that's the result of exclusion and racism. Though that does exist, I'll tell you, the redlining and realtors steering people to black neighborhoods and white neighborhoods, that does exist. But the answer is to go after the realtors who are steering people away and not giving them fair opportunity. It's not for the state or the feds to come in with a heavy hand and say the suburbs will no longer exist you are going to build a high density like we have in New York City or elsewhere. All right, Alex, so are you, you were there in the, in the island as well. Which uh, Yeah, and, you know, I think it's interesting that a lot of the Democratic-led assembly, right, that they're Democrat-led, they probably want to welcome everybody to New York and everything, but not in our backyard. Isn't that kind of ironic to you? Like, the, you know, come on in, come on, but not where we are. And I, I think that's kind of hypocritical, if you ask me. Well, you know, people, the response would be, you can live wherever you want if you if you can afford it and you want to put your money down, you shouldn't be discriminated against. And if you are, 
throw those people in jail for doing it or fine them up the wazoo, which they're finally starting to do, thank goodness. But for the state to say you must increase the density, you're basically, in my opinion, tearing apart the whole concept of the survey. And but are it, you are you worried that her backing down on this is, is a sign that she's not running the state? I mean, it seems well, like she's, she's not. She's making a lot of. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, we went from Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, who is kind of thuggish in many ways, you know, really overbearing. But. He did get things done. You have to say that, right? To uh, Kathy Hochul, who was so inexperienced and weak in a sense that she had a perfect opportunity. Just use the example of when the legislature wanted its raise. Okay, when Pataki saw that years ago, he said, you want to raise? I want charter schools. He got charter schools. Hochul got zero, zippo. And that's just a sign of inexperience. But they all got the money, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, but she blew it in that sense. So now we're going to see how this pans out. She's getting some stuff that she wanted, which we're going to talk about in the next session. But uh, a lot of things she was steamrolled on as well. So if you guys want to chime in on this, remember, it's 877-970-2999. I want to talk also about the MTA. That's another thing where the governor wanted to impose a tax, a payroll tax, on businesses throughout the metropolitan area, including the suburbs, to pay for the transit system within New York. And a lot of people have been bummed about this because they did this back in 2009, and it led to a a, a loss of the Democrats in control of the Senate. The Republicans took over because of it. And now the Democrats are proposing it again, which has people concerned. Here's my point of view. The MTA is a cesspool of corruption. They need to make that that whole entity go bankrupt and start all over. You got people making overtime in the six digits. You've got pensions up the wazoo. You've got fare beaters not paying the fares, costing us five hundred thousand, five hundred million dollars a year, and they want to come back and tax people more for that. Give me a break. You guys are using the system all the time. Yes, sure. yes, I know. yes what, we are. What's the answer? Is it more taxes or more efficiency? I think it's more efficiency. <sighs> I mean, as far as more taxes, uh, I know the, the MTA always seems to be cash-strapped. So, yes, I think they do need to rebuild, start from the ground up on that. Yeah. I mean, you'll hear it all the time. We don't have enough money. Yeah, you don't. Not because you don't have enough revenue. You've got tons of revenue at the MTA. You're spending too much money. So change your practices, get your act together, and be a more efficient entity, and you'll have the money to keep the system afloat. Steve, I think we got to go to a break here, but we'll be back with you, Steve Levy, on AM 970 The Answer. We're looking forward to it. Stay tuned. What does the perfect wedding entail? Just you, the love of your life, your guests, and the iconic New York City skyline. Sound too good to be true? Well, guess what? It's not. You can say, I do, with gorgeous views of the New York City skyline in the distance, on board the Atlantis yacht of New York Cruises. New York Cruises is the premier, unique wedding venue. They have a dedicated staff of experienced hospitality professionals who can provide you with wedding, cruise, event planning services every step of the way. Your guests will be wined and dined on the main deck, sky deck, and lounge deck with 360-degree views of the 
the Manhattan skyline. The Atlantis of New York Cruises is the perfect venue for corporate events, weddings, engagements, and anniversary parties, reunions, retirement parties, birthdays, bar mitzvahs, bat mitzvahs, you name it. Call 212-633-1231. That's 212-633-1231 to book your unforgettable event today or just visit NewYorkCruises.com. Sambolino and Joan Pelzer here of the, the Arthur, Arthur Idala, Idala Power, Power Hour. Hour. On May 2nd, Tuesday, we will be broadcasting live from the Pershing Square Cafe at 6 p.m., nestled right underneath the Park Avenue Viaduct and conveniently located across East 42nd Street from landmark Grand Central Terminal, Midtown East. We will be chatting with Grand Central Partnership President and CEO Fred Cerullo about exciting developments happening in the Grand Central neighborhood. Access to everything is everything in Midtown. East and the recent opening of full-time Long Island Railroad service in and out of the new gleaming Grand Central Madison. Fred will join us to talk about the upward trajectory of the neighborhood in addition to highlighting some of our hottest new restaurants and bars and what's going on this spring and summer. Upcoming programming will include BID Business Improvement District Day in New York City May 9th, Summer Solstice Music Festival live at Pershing Square Sounds. Come join us Tuesday, May 2nd, 6 p.m. on AM 9 Remember when you were in your teens and you thought you were invincible? Well, the same rationale applies to adults, too. When we're feeling good, we think everything is okay, and we don't need a power of attorney, or we think we don't need a healthcare proxy. We think, ah, we'll worry about that when we're older or we become sick. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. The fact is, if something happens, you might not be able to designate a power of attorney or healthcare proxy. What happens then? Then the state or the courts may have to make those choices for you. Is that what you want? Of course not. It's essential to create a power of attorney and a health care proxy as soon as you can when you're healthy. Call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. They really know this stuff. They've been doing it for 40 years. They will help you make a plan that protects you best. You'll designate who you want to make decisions for you. For a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer, Call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Listen to AM 970, The Answer, on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. Any way you want it, it's the way you need it. Any way you want it. Welcome back to the Author Idala Show with guest host today, Steve Levy, former New York State Assemblyman and Suffolk County Executive and Executive Director of the Think Tank Center for Cost-Effective Government. In the earlier session, uh, I was talking to the guys in the studio here, Matt and Alex, about what's going on in the depths of Albany right now as they're closing up the budget for the upcoming year. If you folks out there in the audience want to chime in, feel free to call us at 877-970-2999, just like 97 970, the answer, 2999. Okay, so we mentioned uh, some of the housing stuff, the MTA. Probably the biggest lift and the biggest thing that the governor has to do in this year's budget is bail reform. Uh, Lee Zeldin was cleaning her clock on this. You know, crime has really escalated since that bail reform was put in effect right before the pandemic. So even before... George Floyd and the pandemic, we already had big stats coming out, which um, the Albany DA, a Democrat, said it's palpable. You can see the difference before and after that bail reform as to how crime was starting to uh, escalate. And she was very 
you know, it took a long time to get her on board to say, you've got to reform this process because, as Zeldin wisely pointed out, we're the only state in the union that doesn't allow a judge to factor in a defendant's level of dangerousness when they're looking at bail. Now, certainly one can be reasonable and say, the guy's been arrested. You have a rich guy and a poor guy. You know, why should the poor guy have to stay in jail while the rich guy gets bailed out? The poor guy can't. Okay, that makes sense in a standard operating procedure every day type of thing. When it's that guy's sixth arrest in the last two weeks, and you know he's going to go out and shoplift again, or he's going to bang some little old lady over the head, the judge has to have the discretion to say, we're holding you, buddy, because I'm going to let you out and you're going to just commit another crime. And this is self-evident because if you look at the stats, the, the, the 90% of the crimes are committed by the same handful of people. Yep, you repeat keep, offenders. You keep them in jail, which they did in the 90s. That is what precipitated the rapid drop-off in crime. You put the bad guys in jail, the same core criminals who were doing it over and over. So anyway, Hochul finally got religion after she got scared to death in this last election and says, we got to change this. we got to reform this. So she floats it up the flagpole. And the Hesty, who's uh, Carl Hesty, the head of the Assembly, Cousins, the head of the Senate, will push him back strong. They're crazy progressives who just don't see the connection between the bail reform and this crime increase. And they were fighting, fighting, fighting. It looks like there's a compromise here, guys. It looks like they're going to allow the judges to have some discretion, but only with certain specific violent felonies. That's good. It's a step in the right direction. But it's not the whole enchilada because you know what's happening. Those those quality of life crimes that might not be a violent hit somebody over the head crime. That person's been arrested now 10 times shoplifting in in the local area, causing all these problems. They're going to keep getting out. So where does this go? You guys are in a city a lot more than I am. What have you seen? Oh, right across the, right across the street, our Dwayne Reed, we used to go to a lot, is closed down because of the shoplifting. I think that's the biggest impact right now is that all these grocery, these chain stores are literally closing down, right, Matt? I mean, you're seeing it too. It's all over all the over. place, and um, it, it's it's it doesn't make me as a New Yorker feel safe when I'm in in Manhattan, which I used to feel safe here. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel so safe anymore. But the thing is about this crime reform, uh, I know one of the big the impetus for that was they want to close down Rikers Island. Yeah, exactly. And they want to put these neighborhood jails in. But just like I don't want to have uh, these kinds of people in my neighborhood out in the suburbs, do I want them in uh, my local borough just because they want to close down Rikers? Well, here's the ultimate irony. And again, this is Steve Levy, former Suffolk County executive and New York State Assemblyman, subbing for Arthur Idala today. If you want to call in, 877-970-2999. The ultimate irony is that the progressives who brought upon, brought upon us all of these uh, criminal reforms did so, in many cases, for this term equity, right? Especially after George Floyd, you know, they saw everything through the prism of racial injustice, And African-Americans and Hispanics, they said, were disproportionately affected by the criminal justice system. And their response, therefore, was let's shut down the criminal justice system. And here's the irony. The people that hurt are whom? Blacks and Hispanics 
in our inner cities who are the victims of these crimes. And you have this disconnect where folks in minority areas are just like folks in white areas or any other area. They want protection from the police. But their leaders who profess to speak on their behalf are betraying them by allowing these hoodlums, these violent people, to come out over and over and over again. And you've seen the, the rapid increase in crime. And, and what's really galling is some of the progressives are hiding the stats and saying, oh, we're, we're safer than all these other places. And it's not anywhere what it was in 1990 or whatever. That's not the point. The point is crime has increased by 30 percent in, in various categories over the last three years. What are you going to do to stem that? Is this the new normal? Should we have to live with this, Alex? I think we are, especially because our cops now are afraid to even approach a criminal. I mean, they they have to go through paperwork just to arrest someone. I mean, these and the NYPD is seeing a retirement in record numbers. So I feel like we're being told this is the norm, and that that is not the way you run New York City. Yeah, on, on the subway today, I saw a big advertisement for Washington Metro Police. So they are trying to actively too, right? woo our police officers away from the state, right. and it's working. And it doesn't take much for a leader to just, you know, send the signal that we've got you back. And I think Mayor Adams is trying to do that. He's very frustrating to me because... He's better than his predecessor in yeah, that regard. Yeah, that, that's, that's a pretty low bar. Uh, who, from de Blasio, I think, was the worst mayor, not only in New York history, but the history of the nation, took a vibrant city and destroyed it uh, with homeless and crime and so many other things. But Adams, on the one hand, you know, he, he's heading and he takes us a step forward, then takes two steps back. I'll give you another example on that. I like that the mayor recognized the homeless problem that you just can't have homeless people taking over a sidewalk or Penn Station. I came to Penn Station today. It's much better than it had been. So he's taking some measures on that. But then he sends out the signal, hey, we're a sanctuary city. If all these people coming over the border want to come to New York, we welcome everybody. He says that. So they come in the tens of thousands. And now he turns around and says, you're breaking the bank. In the budget, in the state budget, they just allocated a billion dollars of your tax dollars, ladies and gentlemen, a billion dollars of your tax dollars to go towards services for illegal immigrants who shouldn't be here in the first place. So on the one hand, you have Mayor Adams saying, hey, you know, this is a problem financially. We need help. On the other hand, I wish he'd say to the president, close the darn border. You know, sometimes you got to say no. Why are you putting out the welcome mat and putting illegal aliens in hotels for $300 a night and putting them in dorms and upstate New York? Which we're paying York for, right? We're paying for that. Of course we're that, paying so. for that. And he's talking about cutting back library hours and other cuts in services so that he can free up money to give it to illegal aliens. We're in bizarro world, folks. If you ever saw Jerry Seinfeld... We are in bizarro world. Up is down, in is out. It's nuts. Well, it is. Now, I feel like someone driving the car to say, well, why, why should we care about the budget? It may not affect us right, right in front of our face, but it does affect us, doesn't it? Well, your And taxes, the gridlock, I should say, as yeah. well, affects us, too. Sure, but your taxes are a direct result of the spending priorities they have in the budget that they put together in Albany. And, you know, we are the highest tax state in the nation, which is why we have the greatest exodus of 
citizens, residents from New York out with the greener pastures, cheaper pastures. And in the next segment, we're going to get into that. Uh, It's very interesting how we had uh, two newspapers in the metropolitan area, one Newsday, one the New York Post, and they were both looking at the same study, the same poll that showed about a third of New Yorkers want to get the hell out of here. And it was funny because you had conservative New York Post had a headline, one third of New Yorkers want to leave New York. And Newsday flipped it on its head and said, hey, isn't this great? 70% of New Yorkers want to stay. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's hardly something to brag about that 70% want to stay when 30% want to get out of here when they retire. And about 27% are saying they're leaving in the next five years. So your, your millionaire class, your billionaire class, they just take their money. And they, and they bring it up. And you know why? It's because of crime, partly, too, right? I mean, that's crime, a big part of it, public safety. Taxes, so. uh, regulations. I mean, you compare New York and, and Florida, how the, the lack of freedom that we had here to uh, Florida, which stayed open with its schools. Its kids got e- educated. They had um, the ability to keep their businesses open. They didn't fold. And here... You know, the, the elected officials just tortured us for all this time. So, you know, uh, this is more the same that we have to stop if we want to keep our people here. We'll see you on the uh, flip side. So come back. Call us 877-970-2999. Come on back. Hi, Kevin McCullough. It's Wellness Night, and that means Dr. Jeanette Nishwat uh, stops by from the Fox News Medical All-Star team, and we'll visit with our good friends from Plaza College in the dental hygienist department there. That's all tonight, starting at 7. Craving that signature Sunday sauce? Michaels of Brooklyn will make your place a must. Join Michaels of Brooklyn Sauce of the Month Club. Receive a different jar of Michaels of Brooklyn pasta sauce, homemade pasta and biscotti each month for six months. Make your home the place to be with Michaels of Brooklyn's signature fresh marinara right in your home. Visit michaelsofbrooklyn.com and order online. That's michaelsofbrooklyn.com. Michaels of Brooklyn, serving the community since 1964. Ready to start a business in New Jersey? The state's New Jersey Business Action Center is here to guide you through the process. Call us at 1-800-JERSEY-7. That's 1-800-JERSEY-7. This message sponsored by the New Jersey Business Action Center, the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, and this station. I have been talking about the court reporting program at Plaza College because court reporters are such an essential part of the legal field. Plaza College has been around since 1916, and not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The Accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. Students complete their curriculum in the new Center for Healthcare Simulation on Plaza's campus 
campus and within the best hospital systems in New York City. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It is incredible. If you want additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, like their School of Business and Paralegal Studies or the School of Allied Health, just visit their website at plazacollege.edu. That's Plaza, P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu. Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where author Idala of the author Idala Power Hour works at his 24-7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the power legal firm. Hi, it's Arthur Idala, and I am in love with my shiny, bald, smooth head. Hemp Leaf products are made with all natural ingredients and essential oils to bring you comfort and relief and keep you looking young. Hemp Leaf is the next big thing in skin and body care. The whipped body butters and creams leave my skin feeling soft, smooth, hydrated, giving my aging skin the nourishment it needs to stay young and healthy. Their liquid black soap glides on, leaving my skin soft, crisp, and clean. They also have this amazing muscle rub called Icy Pot. The guys at Hemp Leaf also gave me samples of a remarkable neuropathy cream called Helixer that I gave to Marianne, and she uses it on her heels. She said it's been nothing short of a miracle. Within minutes, it soothes her aching feet. Remember, they don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in it. Visit them at HempLeaf.com. That's Hemp, H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F.com. Mention the name Arthur at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Arthur Dallas show, ladies and gentlemen. Guest hosting for Arthur today is yours truly, Steve Levy, the former New York State Assemblyman and County Executive and uh, President and Executive Director of the Think Tank Center for Cost-Effective Government. If you want to join in the conversation, 877-970-2999, 877-970-2999. I've been talking with the fellas in the studio here, Alex and Matt, about what's going on in the state budget in my perspective as a former assembly member and uh, some of the good and bad that's in these negotiations that's coming to a head over the next few days. And one of the things we didn't talk about in the earlier session was the outrageous spending increases that we've seen uh, just over the last few years since COVID. I mean, we already had the highest, one of the highest budgets, probably the highest budget per capita in the nation here on, on Long Island and in Suffolk and in, in New York State, to give you a perspective, 
New York has 19 million residents thereabouts. Florida has 3 million more residents now because everyone's fleeing there. Our, their budget in Florida is about $100 million, $100 billion, excuse me. We're $230 billion on our budget. And get this, they don't even have a state income tax like we right. do. And they're half of us on the, on the budget side, and yet they have more people than us. And it's really out of control. Just before the pandemic, our budget in the state was $175 billion, which is already sky high. But they got so much money flowing in for free from the feds for COVID. I'm putting that in air quotes over here. Uh, it wasn't spent on COVID. It just went for it went for anything. It went for gyms. It went for uh, you name it, sewers, some COVID. But it was really a slush fund. And now they're up to $230 billion. The governor came in 227. It's now going to be 230 or maybe more. And here's the big problem with that. <clears throat> when they increase the spending, it's for programs that will have to be recurring every year. So it's a recurring expenditure. But this federal onslaught of money you had was short term one shots. So that's going to be gone. And when this money runs out, Boy, is it going to hit the fan. So we're already seeing people leave because the taxes here are so high. Wait till you see what happens when that money runs out and they're in crisis and they're going to come back and ask you for even more money. I mean, what, what are you guys seeing with your neighbors as far as the taxation level here? Uh, I mean, perhaps if they're a public employee, they'll say, I'll live with it because I benefit from it. But uh, what's your anecdotal um, um, experience with how taxes are slamming people in this state. Well, I, I notice uh, there's there's so many more red light cameras up in my neighborhood because that's got to be a cash cow for this oh, city. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and you got to be really careful. Uh, thank God for uh, apps like Waze and uh, Google that tells you where the the cameras are. But uh, you know, that's just one way that they're just you know, there's multiple ways to skin a cat, and New York City's finding every single way. Eat away at you. They just drip. Drip, drip. And, you know, you add it all up. It, it's just so confiscatory on this tax level. One, one of the things you might be referring to, too, Matt, is uh, uh, on Long Island, the new, it used to be school zones. If we catch a speeding in the school zone, we're going to zap it. Now it's the work zone. So they're doing work all <laughs> over the LIE. Southern state, northern state, wherever, the FDR uh, drive. And those would typically be enforced during school hours, right, for the school zone. But now zone it's going to be, it doesn't matter. 24-7. time you blow by, you know, slightly over, you're going to get something in the mail. What, 150 bucks for that? They just nickel and dime you. And, and they have to because they have this insatiable appetite to spend, you know. So that's one it's of the bad things about it. It's incredible America. to me. You just mentioned the comparison between Florida and us. Mm -hmm. it's 100, what, 100 billion, 100 million, 100 billion down there. 100 billion in Florida. And they're yeah. so efficient. Right. Where's the, the kids go to school? We're, we're paying 200 billion and we're less efficient than any of the states. It's, it's just, uh -huh. it shows that everybody's pocketing it, not helping us. With well, their well, just look at the roads. I mean, you have all this money in New York and you still have potholes. They can't fix the darn potholes. In Florida, they, no state income tax, half the budget. They fill their potholes. Come on. Speaking of that, I wonder how much are going to bike lanes. And I tell you why. Right downstairs. Yeah. I've been fighting about this for the last three years. I've been talking about this. They cut down two or three lanes of, of you know traffic for one lane and like a whole bike lane that goes down Broadway. Uh. 
causing traffic jams, and we're paying for that too, aren't we, to create Not these only bike that, lanes? Their idea is to kill the car. You know, these are the progressives who don't like the automobile. They don't own cars themselves, or they have a driver. <laughs> and and uh, the idea is just kill the car. You'll and, see me on, on a bike when that congestion pricing kicks in, <laughs> when I have to get to work. Well, there's another nickel and dime way they try right. to pay for the for the MTA. Just get yourself more efficient. Two other, couple of other things within the budget on the negative side. You know, this was floated last year, and it died a, a, a wonderful death. Uh, they, they're trying, the progressives were trying, to have a, a new regulation that every new building over a certain size in New York State would have to be electric heat. And that means no oil, no gas. And you know the whole battle over electric stoves? Oh, we're not going to ban your stove. Well, guess what? In this budget, <coughs> they are putting it through that the new construction, at least, has to be electric. So if you're buying a new house, you cannot get that stove. Uh, you cannot get gas heat. And, you know, again, it's almost like this Marxist mentality wanting to tell people what to do. And the bottom line is it's going to be brutally expensive. And it's not going to do squat to lessen emissions because, fellas, guess where the juice comes from for the electric current? They're burning fossil fuels and a generator. Give me a break, right? Yeah, that's right. Now, let me ask you this, Steve. You're talking about the progressives in, in Albany. You've been in the assembly. Were there any non-progressive Democrats? I mean, are there still non-progressives that are trying to fight this, or, or are they well, outnumbered now? I served, great question. I served in the legislature 2001 to 2003 before I became county executive. And what you, I was a Democrat at the time. I changed to Republican in 2010. But in that Democratic caucus, very, very interesting. You had conservative Democrats, actually, from upstate. You had moderate Democrats, back then the term moderate, you know, on Long Island and the suburbs, Westchester. And then you had really radical guys and gals from the city. Not all, but some. The difference now, you still have some moderate Democrats, but they're scared. The progressives are the tail that wags the dog. And you have that in the Republican Party, too, where you have your Marjorie Taylor Greens and Matt Gates. Those guys have an over sized influence vis-a-vis the general population. But the progressives, make no mistake, they're running the show in New York City, in New York State, and in Washington. Do you know how we let it get to this? Do you know where that change went? Well, I think it's the education process. Um, I I, I do, um, Alex. Um, It's been 30 years of indoctrination by the former radicals of the 60s and who took over the educational system first on the university level and now you're seeping, seeing it seep into K through 12 and it has an impact over the course of a generation you know people who used to be you used to have moderates moderates are now considered conservatives by by these progressives it's really almost a socialist and Marxist in many ways with, with uh, uh, some of these theories that are not held by the average resident out there, but they're oversized in their influence. And the others are scared because they fear a primary from the left if you're a Democrat, a primary from the right if you're a Republican.
And you know, we we all have gripes with Schumer, and yet he's about to be primary possibly. So that's okay. how that's how deep it's going right a, a, now. You know, AOC is talking about primarying Gillibrand, so we'll see. You know, when we come back next, I want to talk about something near and dear to my heart. I'm a Long Islander. I went to Sachem High School. Sachem is the Indian word for chief. The brain trust that we have in Albany, the border regions, they're banning any. Indian mascot names, Braves, Indians, Tomahawks, you name it. Let's talk about it on the flip side. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Wish there was an easier way to navigate the world of real estate. If only there was a way to learn from the best. Well, now there is. Saturdays at 10, our very own Dottie Herman, Vice Chair of Douglas Elliman, gives you the inside track to what is hot in real estate. Stay one step ahead in today's seller's market as Dottie gives her tips on how to make it through the tricky waters. Doesn't matter if you're new to the game or a seasoned vet. You need to listen to Eye on Real Estate. Dottie and her team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there is no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. Why? Because she is the best, period. (laughs) So tune in, Eye on Real Estate, Saturdays at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. That's Eye on Real Estate, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock, on AM 970, The Answer. What are you doing this fall? Would you like to go to Italy with Joe Piscopo? Well, let me tell you about this amazing tour. Rome, Catania, Taromina, Savoca, Forza de Agro, Mount Etna, and Palermo. That's the best of Rome and Sicily for nine nights. What a trip. Enjoy wonderful food and taste classic Italian wine at Mount Etna and see some actual sights used in the iconic Godfather movie. It's a trip you'll remember for years to come. You'll also be treated to an intimate dinner for performance by Joe Piscopo in Rome. It is so much fun. Have your cameras ready. Call Perillo Tours at 1-800-431-1515. 1-800-431-1515. Remember, a Perillo Tour is a stress-free escorted vacation where you don't lift a finger. That's 800-431-1515 to secure your reservation on this very limited tour before it sells out. The tour dates are October 18th to 28th. October 18th to 28th. One 1-800-431-1515 or go online to perillotours.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. Author I Dallas show, ladies and gentlemen. You're not hearing Arthur today. He's on a needed break. This is Steve Levy, the former Suffolk County executive on Long Island and state assembly member. And also, uh, one of the other hats I wear is the publisher of a new digital paper, 
Long Island life and politics, if you ever want to read up on some hot topics. Uh, we have a lot of opinionated materials and updates on things that are going on on your block, in your state, and around the nation. But I'm here with the fellows in studio, Matt and Alex, and we, we've been talking about the state budget. We're talking about a bunch of hot topics. And I said at the end of the last session, I want to get into something that's hitting me like a rock over the head because um, I was uh, born in Brooklyn, Wyckoff Heights Hospital, as you can tell by this accent. Stayed in Queens for a while, went to St. Pancras Elementary School in Queens till I was 10. Then I went out. We drove out as far as we can go on the Long Island Expressway, and my parents hit exit 60, and it was Lake Ronkonkoma. Now, why was that such a special name? It's an Indian name, but we settled in Holbrook, which was nearby, and I went through the Sachem School District, which is at one point the largest uh, school district in the state outside of New York City, and it's called Sachem. Now, what's Sachem? Sachem is uh, Indian for chief, right? So now we have the brain trust in the New York State Regents who just issued an edict last week that no more Indian names. No more Indian names. It's now mandated Brentwood, Syosset, you know, uh, whatever, Massapequa, Ronkonkoma, Sachem. We can't be the flaming arrows anymore. And I'm saying, what a bunch of idiots. Number one, not only this woke nonsense, but it's going to cost Brentwood $400,000 to change their logos on the facades, on their uniforms, on their gym floors. You know, state's not giving them any money, okay? But more to the point of the woke craziness. I mean, I get it, guys. When we're talking about Redman or Redskin, that's, that's you know, that's not too cool. I, I could see changing that. But Indian, brave, warrior, flaming arrow? Am I wrong? What's wrong with that? You make a good point about changing everything up. I didn't even think about that part of it, how all the schools will now have to invest in changing it. But now what you're saying is the culture of Long Island, meaning that all these kids and and whoever plays on these teams, they call themselves the team name, right? The nickname of the team. It's pride. So Exactly. It's pride in the school you're at. As uh, the Beach Boys saying, be true to your school. And also pride in the Indian culture. Yes, that's It's like if you are an impassioned athlete, you know, being a warrior is something that's uh, not a pejorative. It's something laudable. Uh, and, you know, you're saying someone is a brave. That's, a, that's not a pejorative. So, and it wasn't the Indians who were American Indians who were complaining about it. It was the white liberals who said, oh, we can't have this anymore. And I don't know. Has it gone too far, Matt? I, I think so. I mean, they're basically saying, um, you know, you, you should be offended. You know what? You're, if you're not going to be offended... We're going to be offended for you. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and we're going to be offended for you. It's ridiculous. You know, the fact that they even had an Indian name means that they revered what of past history. Yeah. So you can continue to still do that. I don't know why people are so up in arms about this stuff. Well, you know, speaking of being offended, did you hear this, that like some of these card makers and all, they're worried about offending people because it's Mother's Day? And, and, you know, some people are going to be offended if you still have a Mother's Day because maybe they're not mothers or maybe they're trans and they can't be a mother in that sense. We're, we're dealing with lunatics running the asylum here. I mean, now Mother's Day is persona non grata. This is lunacy. It's 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 stupid, really. Is what it is. So where did that come about? Because I'm just, you're the first one breaking the yeah, story. Yeah, it on just this like one, broke so. over the last day or two. 
that a lot of these card companies are having to issue these statements. We we don't want to trigger anybody, and we're inclusive, and we don't want to offend anybody. By Why way, do you have to say that? Well, it's Mother's the, Day. The card companies should be celebrating because aren't there now like three million different genders? <laughs> so they could actually make three di- three million different cards for each gender. But the woke stuff is so out of control. You know, now with the transgender, uh, uh, I guess, male to female, Leah Thomas, for instance, who took the swimming medal from um, Riley Gaines, and you have 25% of the people saying, we're okay with biological males playing in female sports. 65%, and there's a gap for some undecided, overwhelmingly, no. Is that discrimination or is it just common sense that, you know, we don't allow 16-year-olds to play Little League against 10-year-olds for a reason? Because they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. Why would you subject women to that and take away their scholarship opportunity, their opportunity to be on the podium after they worked all their life? But political correctness and wokeness is now saying, if you oppose this, you're a transphobe. at the same time at the same time the NCAA allowed that right they were saying how we have to support women's sports and i just think you know keeping it biological women only is how you support women's sports and by the way how much of a fight was it for title nine back in the day and now they're saying we're going to wipe that all away and that's how i feel about it because i was in the athletics world for a while i saw the impact title nine had on our women that were able to play they proud themselves on that on that one moment of title oh, yeah. nine oh, yeah. and now the ncaa and culture saying you know screw that right so yeah. you know, there's a couple of other things i want to try to get into i don't know if this is a lighter side but to, to segue into like the entertainment uh, uh side and uh, i guess arthur would have a great opinion it's uh, arthur idala who the normal host of the show and you're listening to steve levy who's guest hosting for him today alec baldwin okay the charges were dropped against him after he um, accidentally shot that that camera person on set, and I had wrote an op- written an op-ed in my Long Island Life and Politics uh, uh, paper where I'm a publisher, saying, "Look, I disagree with Alec Baldwin on a lot of stuff. He could be nasty, he could be arrogant, he could also be charming. I've met him a number of times. Okay, um, I don't like his liberal politics, but to say this guy should be charged with murder or manslaughter it was an accident." He's going to be civilly liable, no doubt about that, because he's the producer and somebody screwed up royally here. But did this level, this did rise to the level of criminal homicide for him? Maybe it was for the person on set who was supposed to be in charge of the guns. Maybe that's a, where do you guys come down on this? Good or bad that he's getting off, at least from the criminal side? From the criminal side, I think it is good that he's getting off only because there was no malicious intent involved in order for him to pull that trigger. You know, but however, his production company was the one in charge of that set. So yeah. there's definitely a liability in that regard. But criminally charged, uh, I think it's good that the, the charges were dropped. Yeah, I, I, I didn't get it. I thought it was an overreach. And um, evidently they came to their senses with that. And we got to be fair. You know, it doesn't matter if the guy's a liberal or conservative because it could happen to him. It could happen to one of us. And, um, but Hollywood totally sort of exonerating him didn't make sense either. You know, he had to be somewhat reliable, liable for yeah. this as well. So Hey, we got about three minutes here. I want to get into this. This blew my mind when I heard it. President Biden is implementing this proposal. Some people have been hearing about it. It's been percolating up a little bit. 
But are you aware, folks out there, who pay your bills every day and, and, and strive for good credit, that this new Biden regulation as of May 1st is going to put a tax on you as a responsible, good credit person who pays your bills when you go for a mortgage so that you can subsidize people who haven't paid their bills and have bad credit. So what that means is if, if you're going to get a mortgage of $400,000 a year, you will pay $40 per month more so that you can subsidize people who have bad credit so that they can get a mortgage, which means over the course of your loan, you will pay an extra $20,000. Thank you, Joe Biden. Where the hell is this coming from? He th- you know, you, you can get so into identity politics that you start flipping logic on its head and you're rewarding irresponsibility. And more than that, this is what got us into hot water with the 2007 crash with the real estate market because you were encouraging people who didn't have the means to buy homes, the economy soured, and they all foreclosed. Where are you guys coming down on this? Can you have sympathy for, for this edict that's going to do this? Or you think it's just crazy, bat crazy nuts? Oh, it makes you want to be one of the recipients uh, who's not going to just pay their bills and get the home that they want. I don't know. To me, it's more of, hey, we'll pay you to stay home rather than going to work. We'll pay you for your loans on your Student loans, okay, if you're a professional, but if you're a truck driver or you're a plumber who just had to buy a new truck or new tools and borrow money, we're not going to give you a break. It's like everything is upside down and inside out just to play these identity politics games of bribing these different segments of the electorate. And it's really disgusting. And I'm hoping, Alex and Matt, we can get past it. So we can have a better I hope your Center for Cost-Effective Government can change all this up, okay? Well, thank you guys again. It's been Steve Levy uh, subbing for Arthur Idala here today. I hope to be back again soon in the future, folks. Thank you for joining us. Have a wonderful evening. Trying to take away my worries of today And leave tomorrow The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Portions of the Arthur Idala Power Hour, sponsored by Hempleaf. We won't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.